Okay. Hello. Hi guys, gals, and non binary pals. How are you all doing today? The audio quality is not going to be good today just because I'm not using my headphones. Love to switch things up. Um, today's episode, I'm not sure if I'm really going to have like an aim to it, but um, I just want to talk about like dealing with homophobia, transphobia, and overall just like inner feelings and. I also want to touch on compare a bit. I don't know. But yeah, I just want to have today as like a bunch of topics I wanted to talk about but like didn't have <laughs> enough thoughts on to make like a coherent episode. <laughs> um yeah, also I'm not sure how frequent the episodes are going to be over the next couple of weeks. I'm hoping to get an episode out next week, but I can't be sure. Um, anyway, let's see what we have to talk about today. So the first thing I want to talk about, which is probably going to be the longest topic, is dealing with homophobia. Um, this comes from a very emotional state at the moment. Uh, so I was a situation last week where I was basically just <laughs> going through my day and it was the last day of school and um, obviously for the term and again I kept on hearing like home favourite conversations coming on like behind me and this is a daily basis thing. Which is why, like, it really affected me. And I know, I don't think this conversation was necessarily homophobic in, like, a traditional sense. And I don't think it was done with bad intentions. But, again, that's what it felt like to me. That's basically my main message for this segment, is that if you feel targeted by something, or if something doesn't sit right with you, it doesn't matter whether the intentions were good or not with it. It matters whether you felt personally triggered by it. And um, that's my main advice at the moment is that it doesn't matter whether like someone's a part of the community or not if they're saying like things that you find personally triggering it's fine to feel triggered by it like i i hate outing people i don't think the people who are saying these things are straight and i found out after the incident happened that um of the people who are saying those things is bi and I don't want that to like invalidate my experience just because obviously at the time I didn't know and that doesn't make the things they said have any less meaning like to me personally like if something if someone's saying something like homophobic it doesn't matter they're part of the community or not like 
yeah, like reclaimed reclaimed slurs. I'm fine with that, and wouldn't be annoyed if someone in the community used one. Um, stuff like calling themselves gay, like as a joke, if they are, I'm completely fine with that. And just overall jokes about their sexuality is fine, but calling of people who, to my knowledge, aren't gay, gay, and using it in a derogatory way, and just talking about like it all overall very negatively. I don't care how close to you are. <laughs> like, you just have to respect that, and especially if you are part of the community, you should know how damaging those things are. And yeah, that's my opinion on that incident. And luckily I did get support with that. Um, Cause I was in quite a state, I managed to go to um, a member, like a queer teacher and just talk it out, which I think does a lot. And also um, a second piece of advice here, if you're dealing with homophobia, first go to a teacher you can trust um, and best is to go to a queer teacher as they can help and they will make you feel so valid and that's how I felt at that moment. I felt so, it was such a nice feeling because I just felt so validated by this teacher and it did really help me deal with the situation as as soon as the situation happened, um, I felt horrible and like I, I was in the right state <laughs> and I spoke to the teacher whose lesson it was in and I just basically sat out for an hour or so and just tried to collect myself a bit. <laughs> I had to write a statement about it as well explaining what happened because yeah but um queer teachers will understand best that it's not a great idea to go straight to the people but instead have it as a more direct message to everyone because this kind of stuff is not a one-off incident it's a daily basis and just because that was the incident that made me like show more reaction doesn't mean that's the, that would be the only incident that would have done that. I think for a lot of queer people, um, there's always going to be breaking point because we're kind of taught like to keep our sexuality like a thing for only people we're really close to. And luckily for me, I've come out to most of the people that I think is necessary, but. I'm not one of those people who, when you see them, you like instantly know. I think naturally a lot of people just assume I'm straight, <laughs> which is to me surprising, but I'm just not going to question it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think an important thing is not to bottle it up, which is really difficult especially for queer teenagers, because it's hard to find the correct people to talk to. It's really uncommon that, like, you kind of find 
someone that you're comfortable talking this stuff about, especially as a lot of queer people's experiences are very different. So, especially, I've noticed quite a difference in between like a gay male's perspective, like uh, a bi or pan person's perspective, or like, and like a female queer person's perspective. As all of those groups, they experience it so differently. And I'm going to try and explain how, without kind of, you know, <laughs> making it too difficult to understand. Because obviously, I have never had to deal with being a queer male because I do not identify as a male. But I had, I have had to deal with both being a bi or pan female in both at some point and obviously a queer female which is what I currently identify as. I want to get onto that later as well but um, I think queer males find it a lot easier as like to take certain things because I feel so horrible because I'm kind of generalising here but I think for queer males it's easier because men are taught like to always kind of love girls and it's like really sexualized females and it's different for women because we're kind of taught to just do whatever a man tells us to do so that's why I think it's a lot easier for like gay men to know their sexuality and for other people to know that they're having to come out because there's such a, like, it's something you can usually tell a lot easier, just because men tend to just be very open about their attraction to certain women. And women, it's obviously, like, for, say, teenage girls, it's, like, liking boys, but um, with women, it's generally a different kind of thing. It's generally kind of, that you're just kind of told to be very submissive to boys and that's why I just think it's a totally different experience and unfortunately for me I don't really come from a place where I have many queer females I can talk to which is why in my case I rely on a lot of straight girls to talk to and I apologise to my friends first this just because I know I bombard them a lot of things that they probably won't understand. But I think we should allow queer females to like voice their opinions without feeling guilty for it. Because the fact that I just had to apologise for something that I don't think my straight friends have ever or would have to apologise to me because I'd be happy to listen to all their boy troubles and try and give them advice but they can't give me advice back and that's not a fault of their own it's just a societal fault that to, <laughs> that straight people just find it very hard to comprehend LGBTQ issues and that is mainly down to the experience of it also with the like difference between being like a queer, like women loving women or non-binary loving women, 
um, person to a like bisexual or pansexual person. The reason there's a difference is also you get the choice. <laughs> um, if you're a bi person or a pan person, you can be like in a like heterosexual relationship and get all that. Whereas someone like me, who that is very unlikely to happen to, I can't just say that I accept all the homophobia just because that's what it will always be like. But for, say, a bi person who's attracted to the opposite gender as well, um, they won't always have to deal with that. And obviously their sexuality is completely valid. But they have to, they don't have to, they're not really forced by their head to always be in an LGBTQ relationship. If that makes any sense, I don't know how to explain it in good terms. Um, but it's a very different experience for like a bi person to someone who identifies as gay or lesbian because there isn't like that difference well that there is a difference there that like you could be in a relationship that society deems as normal and I've it's taken a long time for me to come to terms with that because I've been by before and I've always just felt like I should like like boys more just because I wouldn't have to deal with the homophobia and stuff but yeah <laughs> I've been panned before just because I was like oh I'd love to date a woman or a non-binary person and I was just kind of iffy on the male part <laughs> um but I don't know it's complicated and I just I don't think I'll ever be able to understand um another thing that I kind of briefly want to touch on because I'm not really sure how to word it but I can't imagine being in like a person who's not very sensitive in the LGBT community like what I mean by that is I can't imagine not being affected by all of that stuff because I have someone that I know that identifies as part of the community but I've tried to talk to them about how I feel um about having to do like homophobia and stuff and they have just never really thought about it and they've said before that it doesn't really bother them and I just can't imagine that and there's no shame to that person and that's just how they feel um but I as a very sensitive person I envy them so much that ability just to kind of be able to shut it out because I just can't shut any of that stuff out. I think we should normalise being sensitive and normalise having emotions towards things. 
because that's why I had that situation on uh, last day because I'd been used to seeing LGBTQ people shut it out and being able to shut it out whereas I just do not have the ability to just think okay I'm just I'm able just to let it go and that is a personal issue that I am trying to work through but I also think that we shouldn't have to shut it out I think we should be able to let it be serious as it is such a serious issue and we shouldn't let straight people be able to say all those things and just get away with it and we should be able to stand up um and i think that's how the difference is with like by pan people versus people who tend to be more like gay um is that they tend to be able to shut it out more but i don't really know as I have always kind of had this struggle between like sexualities and if I'm one then I just can't seem to comprehend the other because right now I identify as more sapphic I just find it really hard to understand how I felt when I was bi even though it was really not that long ago and I'm sure me, not that long ago when I identified as bi, probably couldn't comprehend what I'm feeling now. And that's how the experience is different, is because the issues are different. And I think both are completely valid. Um, But what isn't valid is pretending to be a sexuality, just so you can say slurs and stuff or homophobic things. And get away with it because I do know people obviously I really don't like them um I do know people who possibly like that and that I assume is what queer rating is um it's gonna be quite a long podcast today I haven't noticed that I managed to talk about this for this long um now on to I said I'd do a full episode on this but I realised I didn't really have much content about it. Um, also, oppression wars. Like, I don't know if this how this episode has come across, but I really don't want to be one of those people who's saying that sapphic people or fully gay people have more issues than bi people or people who identify as pansexual. Because that's generally not what I mean to come across. I'm saying that they are both equally valid and that they just have different issues. That's what I mean when I say it's different. I don't mean that um, bi people are less oppressed. I mean that the issues that they face are very different to um, different sexualities. So, in case that came across wrong, um, that's what I mean. 
on that kind of topic, I want to quickly talk about being non-binary. Um, so I was thinking about this, and um, I find it so hard to understand. Um, that was not what I was going to say. Um, as a non-binary person, I don't know whether I could use the label trans because I wouldn't consider myself transgender but I've been doing some research into it and non-binary people are considered transgender as I was um, assigned female at birth and I still identify with that. Um, but I also identify as non-binary and I really don't understand what that makes me. Um, and I haven't really found anything kind of sticks with that. Um, it's weird because I don't think I'd really use she or they pronouns. I think I'd probably just use they and that's what I go by with my friends, just so it's easier for them. Um, but I don't feel dysphoric with the label she, but like I wouldn't optionally use it. <laughs> it's really confusing. Um, and that's just why I don't want to have to use the label transgender just because I don't want to take away from the issues of people who have had to transition and have struggled with that. Um, and I don't know, I think you just get a feeling and that's how I always feel is that I don't really ever, I haven't really ever really in my head accept myself as anything. But it's just when you hear something you resonate with it, I think that's the feeling. It's like when I like heard about a lot of non-binary people, I just started to it isn't that they influenced me to become non-binary, it's just that I became educated on it and I thought, oh that's how I feel sometimes. And even though in my head I don't think I'm definitely non-binary, I just feel so resonated with people who are non-binary and I realised oh I like that and that's how I feel sometimes and yeah that's how I kind of kind of found out and I don't think anyone made me become non-binary it's more that I was educated on it and now I understand that there's more things <laughs> um and it just makes me so happy when I see people who use they them pronouns and people who just respect pronouns so much. I've gotten into the habit of asking people what their pronouns are online um, just so I can get used to it a lot more and it will help me kind of feel more comfortable asking people in real life what their pronouns are. Um, yeah, normalise asking people what their pronouns are. It's a very healthy thing to do. Um, so that's kind of my non-binary journey. I think I touched on that a bit last episode. But 
being non-binary has really made me feel happy. Um, but I still accept being a female as I think I'm a girl, but I'm also non-binary. And I've heard the term demigirl before and I would use it, but it just doesn't feel right. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm non-binary female, that's what I'm gonna say. And non-binary people are so valid. And yeah, I love everyone who's non-binary. Um, if they're a nice person, that is, I got to say blanket statements like that. Um, let's see what else I want to talk about. I also want to talk about compare because it's a very complicated thing for even me to understand. And I kind of, in my head, have a couple things that made me realise I wasn't by. I was instead queer. Um, also, I want to quickly explain what I mean when I say queer. What I like as my own label. Um, I'm attracted to non-binary people and female people, or people who identify as female, and people who identify as non-binary. Um, I haven't really found any label that works as well as that. I'm complete. I love the label suffix and if it makes it easier for people i'd be fine with labeling myself as a lesbian or gay and just add non-binary to that um yeah i also had the term neptunic the other day as someone who is um like of my sexuality um but yeah it confused me a bit um and i've never heard it before yeah, pretty name, but probably not what um, I'd go by. Um, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, compare. I think I think that um, queer females have, or people who identify as female or non-binary and also like queer have to come to terms with is men basically and it's complicated because um as a female or non-binary person as i've just explained it's hard to understand the difference between liking the idea of dating someone and liking men which was probably the biggest difference for me as a queer girl, as um, I just found it really hard to figure out my standpoint on whether I was attracted to males, and I still struggle with it a lot today because I think a lot of the time I'm just like, oh, but what if I'm wrong, and like they'll never like me if I already come out to them, and I've realised there's not been a male in a very long time. I've been attracted to um and also it's just I shouldn't have to feel 
invalidated by that because my feelings can change and I'm happy for them to change um and that's just kind of where I stand on it and you'll get the feeling about that a lot and I don't think I'll be ever be able to kind of know like everything about how I feel but I I just think it's how I feel now and that's why I like the label queer best as it gives me the ability to change and grow whereas other labels they just seem so sudden to me if that makes sense um yeah and I'm pretty sure that you can kind of realise whether you like boys or not, but whether you kind of force yourself to like them, like whether there was some outer force that kind of was like, oh, you must like them, because that's what I realised a lot of my, like, ex-crushes, is that they kind of fell into, like, one of a couple categories. So one, that people said that I must have liked them, so I began to like them and it's really confusing because you don't realise that until after you've ended that kind of crush on them but like you didn't really you wouldn't have fallen for them had someone else like not told you that you had so I think that's like the first kind of category is that people kind of ship you together and then you think oh I must like them or that like we must be good together think if people think we would be. Second is just kind of people I thought were kind of cute and but like I wouldn't ever date them and this is pretty much any boy that I had a question in primary school because I didn't want to date them because I was five <laughs> I was probably older than five with most of them but like if you're very young you're just playing by the rules that people kind of tell you to play by and you shouldn't invalidate yourself just because that's how you felt when you were little and I think that's the thing that a lot of non-queer people find hard to understand is that just because you knew me when I was younger and I used to like only boys when I was younger doesn't mean that's how like I feel now. Um, I was having that discussion with my parents, well one of my parents the other day. Um, and that can become quite hard to understand. Um, and I don't know how to explain what I'm going to try and say it. It's just you just can't ever really invalidate yourself with your feelings in the past. Because think about how much you've changed since when you like 10 you're not going to be the same person 
and that means that your attractions are going to be totally different and that's what I've kind of come to realise and that's made me kind of feel less scared about coming out to people is that even if I might be wrong about some things it doesn't mean I'm wrong about them it just means my feelings have changed and again that's the thing that is really hard for some people to understand with being queer is that you know like when you know you know and it's a feeling that you can't exactly get past and it's really hard to explain to people who don't get it but when you finally get that feeling it's this moment of like just happiness and I've obviously had that two times well technically a couple more times than two but when I first I'll kind of explain all the times that I've had that feeling so the first time was when I realised I was part of the community and that was the time that I quote a lot and that was the time on the school trip um, I was about 11 at the time, that helps make it more specific and that was when I first realised in my head that I was part of the community. The second time was um, a while after, it was like a couple of years after and that was when I realised that I'm probably not attracted to boys and that was more recently, it was like within the last couple of years, I kind of realised that, oh, okay, I am probably not attracted to boys. And that, again, that one was a bit less enlightenment-y <laughs> because I kind of already knew it and it came more from a, po uh, a point of heartbreak from someone and it didn't have that same enlightenment feeling but um the next kind of time was when I finally realized the compare and this is when like I finally fully realized that I wasn't interested in boys and so I was talking to half my um queer friends who's a male and I asked him, um, I can be attracted to boys without wanting to date them, right? Um, and he said, yeah. And I finally thought that, oh, so my experiences, like, don't invalidate me. And that was also another, like, enlightenment moment. And yeah that's basically compact explained um very briefly there and i think the i lost count like fourth and have our kind of moment was where i realized i was non-binary or kind of off the binary scale um and that was very recently i was just watching a tiktok someone um, being like, 
oh if you want to experiment with she they pronouns this is like a video and it was like um speaking with she they pronouns it's like oh i like their sweater oh i'll tell them or i'll tell her that you like it and um it gave me a euphoria and yeah sometimes coming out also gives you that euphoria but it can come in many different forms um this is a very long episode probably gonna be around 40 minutes but let me quickly check the lgbtq news um i'm using a different website today call me fancy um so this is the american one again um arkansas legislative votes ban transgender treatments for youth so that's not good um that is the only news from that website you just check again um I'm trying to actually find news as um, opposed to, you know, just headlines. Um, there's an appeal on the 1996 hairdresser murder case. I'm assuming was of someone in the community just because um seems a bit out of place to be in this section of the news. Um uh, a referee um wants to draw attention to uh lack of IVF funding, which is good, um, and LGBTQ teenagers are feeling isolated and lonely in the pandemic, which is very true. Um, yeah, final words is, this podcast is very useful for me, as, you know, anyone listening to it, which I kind of know who's listening to it, because it's not very popular. Um, thank you, as you're kind of like a way to get out my feelings, as I don't really have much LGBTQ support around me. And yeah, I hope you stay safe. Um, take any advice I give in here a grain of salt, but it's just my best advice. Um, I hope you stay safe, wear a mask wherever you go and yeah I hope you have a good week or however long it is until the next episode. Uh, goodbye.